This podcast is brought to you by Ceridian. In human resources, you have to be compliance people, but you get into the business because you are people people. You have to comply with labor laws for different employee types, locations, and situations, and the rules keep changing. Is there a system that can help you simplify compliance so that you can focus on people? Yes, there is. Ceridian's human capital management software helps you stay ahead of compliance challenges. Visit ceridian.com HR to learn more. Ceridian, intelligence at work. Major, major changes. And, and I, you know, there's been a bunch of reports and, and research done about where we're headed. The reality is I don't think any of us really know. Mm. Um, but here are some trends that, that I think are, are here to stay. You know, the first is remote work is, is not going to go anywhere. Mm. Um, and so we need to figure out, you know, the, the companies that think that everybody's going to go back to the office um, full time. I just don't, I really don't see that happening. Yeah. Um, number two is that, you know, people are, they do want to have an opportunity to connect face to face. And so that sort of leads us to this, to this focus on the hybrid revolution. Erica is the podcast host of the show Left to Our Own Devices. She's a best-selling author, internationally sought-after speaker, and founder of the Spaghetti Project. She helps top-of-the-class business leaders, organizations, and individuals improve their performance by honoring relationships in every context. She's the author of the books Bring Your Human to Work and Rituals Roadmap, the human way to transform everyday routines into workplace magic. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Hacking HR podcast. As all of you know, regardless of where in the world you are, everything has changed so dramatically because of COVID. And one of the, one of the powerful conversations that everybody in the workplace is having right now is what's the right approach to work, to either come back to the office, have people working more flexibly out there uh, from home or teleworking from wherever they are. And, and this, this is becoming a real and critical question for business continuity, if you will. So I'm very, very excited to have part of this conversation and many other things with my friend Erica. How are you, Erica? I'm great. So good to see you. Well, thank you so much. Welcome to the show. And I'm, I'm really, really excited about this, this conversation because as, as you've seen, many business HR leaders are struggling to find what the right answer is. You see, you know, Prime Minister uh, from the UK talking about there's not going to be remote work as some other companies in the, you know, in the kinds of Twitter and, uh, you know, uh, some other technology companies talking about never bringing their people back to the office, right, and letting them work from whatever they are. So we're talking about this, this hybrid approach, approach to work, which you call the hybrid revolution. So let's start there. How do you think work will look like over the next, you know, 6, 12, 18 months from now? Yeah, ma major, major changes. And, and I, you know, there's been a bunch of reports and, and research done about where we're headed. The reality is I don't think any of us really know. Mm -hmm. um, but here are some trends that, that I think are, are here to stay. You know, the first is remote work is, is not going to go anywhere. Mm -hmm. um, and so we need to figure out, you know, the, the companies that think that everybody's going to go back to the office um, full time, I just don't, I really don't see that happening. Yeah. Um, number two is that, 
you know, people are, they do want to have an opportunity to connect face to face. And so that sort of leads us to this, to this focus on the hybrid revolution. And it's tricky because how do we figure out who comes in, when they come in? I mean, things I worry about are, you know, if I decide to take advantage of my company's um, flexible work and you decide to go into the office and you're hanging out at the water cooler, you know, who's the one that's going to get promoted? It's probably you. So I do worry about the impact on, on diversity and inclusion as well. And so while I don't think we know yet what the answer will be, um, we do need to be intentional about our programs and protocols and policies because, you know, as, as I often will say, you know, left to our own devices, excusing the, the cheesy pun, it's not going to work itself out. We need yeah. to be intentional. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I love that. And it's, it's interesting to think that something that may look very simple as be flexible and let your people do and work in the way they want can become something so complex as if that is true, somebody will choose to work from home, somebody will choose to come to the office, but because workplace and systems and policies are designed, more li most likely the person who is coming to the office is the one that are gonna, that's gonna have the opportunities for being for getting exposure and being seen, getting, getting promoted and, and whatnot. Right. So, and getting mentored by getting, people. Correct, correct. Because, well, we are used to this model of those who, are, those who we can see are the ones that are actually doing the work, right? And that's not true, but that's the model that we, we've been uh, sort of uh, used to. So let me ask you, what do you think HR and business leaders need to keep in mind when they are redesigning their workplaces to be, to intentionally be inclusive and, and at the same time flexible? Yeah. So, you know, it's interesting. Microsoft recently came out with a study that found that in this pandemic, leaders are faring 23% better than workers. And a lot of that is due to, you know, we just keep piling on the work and piling on the work and we're really not helping workers prioritize. So that's gonna be a really important thing as, as we go forward. Um, you know, I've come up with a list of what I would say five things of what leaders can do now to lead in this, in this hybrid revolution. You know, the first is leaders need to ask themselves and ask the people on their teams you know, this important question, which is, does your calendar reflect your values mm -hmm. and the values of this organization? You know, people are burned out. As I said, we're asking workers to do more. And so managers who can have real conversations with employees about what's going on with them, what kind of structure is going to work best for them and help them ba balance the challenges are going to fare much better in this hybrid revolution. The second part is to think about rituals and maintaining pre-pandemic rituals, creating new rituals, <coughs> excuse me. You know, employees are not feeling connected right now to each other or the organization. And so rituals are a way to create that stickiness. And you can have rituals, whether you're in the office or at home or some combination in between. The third thing leaders need to do right now is to check in. And easier said than done, I think in the beginning of the pandemic, entire meetings were spent, um, you know, just checking in with employees. Now we need to get our work done, so that's not sustainable. I would say six months into the pandemic, we were spending maybe 20 minutes of a 60 minute meeting checking in. 
And people ask me, do I need to keep checking in? And the answer is yes. Um, but there are ways to do it um, that create a sense of connection and inclusion for people without it taking up the entire meeting. So, yeah. you know, for example, you can, everybody can go around and give one adjective to describe how they're showing up, you know, in that day, in that moment, which is good for them as people, but also from a business perspective, it allows a leader to be able to provide the support that that, that, that person needs on that day. Yeah. Yeah, no, uh, absolutely. And I, I, I love that you are uh, talking about some rituals because part of part of what has been disrupted radically over the past uh, 12, 14 months since the pandemic started was those rituals that we were used to sort of following because we were in an in-person world. And now all of that um, uh, perhaps... Um, has changed. So how do we, if you are a leader and you're trying to put forward this message to uh, in, in your company, you have to leave your values yourself, but you also have to help your people perhaps uh, feel comfortable with setting up these rituals and connecting and checking in with others, not just leaders and teams, but also mm -hmm. among themselves. So what would you tell leaders to how, how can they do this effectively? How can they become not only the, the, the leaders that they are and being effective at, in that role, but also becoming the role models that are helping others do something along the same lines, you know, becoming uh, connectors, checking in with their teammates and whatnot. How can they do that? We need to start by, by looking at all of these issues through the lens of, of company values. Mm -hmm. You know, many companies out there say they have a set of values and but oftentimes um, they're they're sitting in a plaque on a wall versus being alive and felt in the halls or throughout the the organization. Yeah. And so, you know, when you're thinking about where to start, it's to how how can we use rituals that bring to life the values that we stand for as an organization. And you know, when I when I was writing my most recent book, Rituals Roadmap, I came ac across a question that um, helped me help leaders identify what some of their rituals are so that they can, you know, top down, bottom up, kind of bring them to life. And so the question is, um, for example, I asked this question to Marisa Andrada, who's the chief HR officer at Chipotle. And the question is, so when do employees at Chipotle feel most Chipotle-ish, most LinkedIn-ish, you know, very most Starbucks-ish? And all of a sudden, um, that helped leaders get that light bulb moment to say, you know what? I know when people here feel the most connected, let's try to bring that ritual back, even in this remote environment. And for the record, for people listening, um, I shouldn't give it away because I want everybody to, to go out and, and buy Rituals Roadmap, of course. But what Marisa answered, um, the way she answered that question was that at uh, Chipotle opens every day at 1030 in the morning, which for the record, who would have guessed so many people like to eat burritos in the morning, but I guess they <laughs> do. Um, and at 1015, before the doors open, they've chopped up the lettuce and made the guacamole. All of the employees sit down and eat together. Um, for this family dinner before they open the doors. And it's wow. very much connected to the essence and the soul of the company and, and their values. And so when I asked that question, that was the, the ritual that jumped out 
um, to Marisa. So everybody listening, you know, ask yourself that question. When do people in my company feel most like us? And you can even ask that question as it relates to your family and your family values or even connecting with yourself. That is such a wonderful question, to be honest. It's a, it reminds me a little bit of the concept of a, a appreciative inquiry, right? When you are, you know, at your best, you know, what is it that you are, are doing? Um, Erica, as we're getting closer to, to, to the end of our conversation, I, I want to ask you this. There are so many competing priorities out there for everybody, right? I mean, if if you think, you know, at 10, 15, we're all going to be eating together before opening the store because that's a family thing to do in Chipotle or whatever other ritual you have in your company or in your family, there's always going to be something that will be waiting for you to do that before you take care of that something else. How can you prioritize this? What do you have to keep in mind in order to say, yes, I got 20 emergencies that I need to resolve, but this is the ritual that is keeping our company together, connected, and, and we got to keep doing it. The rest can wait, unless, of course, the building is on fire. But you know, other than that, uh, how can you keep this as, as a priority in your list of things to do every day? Well, and, and I think we need to give ourselves a break because if there is an emergency, anything can be put to the side. Yeah. Um, but I also believe that we feel like we can't make time for some of these small things that can make a huge difference. So I go back to answering that question. You know, does my calendar reflect my values and my work priorities? And to really take a look and see which things you could make non-negotiable. And a lot of these rituals literally can, they don't have to take a long time. I mean, the Chipotle one is 15 minutes. I have companies sharing with me that they are literally, you know, Eileen Fisher, for example, they bring a chime in the beginning of every meeting just to get people to settle and to take a deep breath. Yeah. Um, and so it's not that they even have to take that long, but you need to go back to say, you know, look across your own company rituals roadmap. And, I, and the roadmap is, is mapped out all, for all across the employee experience. Yeah. So what rituals are the most impactful for when you're onboarding? How do you give people that sense of psychological safety and connection from day one when you're not even meeting them face-to-face -face these days? So onboarding, it could, for your company, it could be meetings. Uh, for Chipotle, it's in the chapter on eatings. It could be <laughs> taking a break. It could be recognizing performance and milestones. So it's a tricky question to answer because it really is different for everyone, which is why I think you have to go back to your, your business priorities, your values, and looking across that employee experience and what makes you, you, or your company, your company. Yeah, absolutely. I, I love that you, you are telling people you, you, you got to keep your rituals you know, in, in mind, but you have to ground them on your values, your priorities as an organization, uh, because they are, they make sense individually to you. If you are a technology company, maybe having a burrito at 10, 15 a.m., I mean, it could make sense, but maybe that's not exactly what you, what you are trying to, the way you're trying to connect your people, right? So, so I love this. Well, Erica, thank you so much for spending this time with me. I love the questions and, and I am hoping that our listeners and viewers truly ask themselves these this interesting questions and, and find the answer and, and, and get it done. So thank you so much for spending this time with me. Great. Thank you for having me. Thank you. And thank you, everybody. Stay tuned for the next episode of the Hacking Nature podcast. See you all soon. 
Thank you, everybody, for watching or listening to this podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. Please follow us on our social media and subscribe to our newsletter so that you can stay informed of all the things that we're putting together for you from the Hacking HR community. Thank you so much. Please continue to stay safe, stay well, stay strong, and we will see you soon.